0: And then we had a doctor's appointment, like, before the baby's room was ready and after. And her blood pressure went down significantly <laughs> once the baby's room was ready. The doctor was like, hmm, it seems like your blood pressure's gone down quite a bit. <laughs> she was like, yeah, we got the baby's room ready. <laughs> Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood.
1: Now here's your host, Art Eddie. What's going on everybody already here for another edition of the art of fatherhood podcast i'm very happy and lucky to have this gentleman on it's another than ivan decker thanks for taking the time to chat with me sir how you doing
0: oh i'm doing well thanks for having me it's great to yeah be here. man
1: look looking forward to chat with you about your latest uh, special popcorn we can talk about comedy we can talk about a lot of cool things. And, you know, in an interview, you're like saying, yeah, now that you're a parent, you really don't talk about anything else. So I guess this is the podcast you need to be on because yeah. once you become a parent, that's all you talk about. But let's take take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad. What was going through your mind, man?
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty wild because, uh, I mean, I was playing video games at the time. And then my wife was like, hey, uh, come in here for a sec. Just like after you next time you die or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And so then I had to go in and she told me uh, the news that uh, we were expecting. And then I was like, just so thrilled. And then you have, of course, that flood of all of the emotions and everything that's happening. And, you know, at first you're almost kind of like, okay, this is fine. But like we, you know, we did the whole thing where we were in an apartment. We had to move to a bigger space because we needed uh, room in there. And then uh, of course, throughout the whole process, like we took all the prenatal classes I did the stereotypical thing as a dad, where I did not get the baby's room ready because you know there's that thing where they're like, the baby's just gonna sleep in your bed for like six months. So I was like, yeah, I don't gotta build this crib. But then, uh, <laughs> then she was very, of course, insistent, being like, can you please get the bed? Because you know I feel like there's something biological there that they're like, you gotta, it needs to be ready. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, I, we would, you know, and we have all these doctor's appointments. And it was very funny because uh so we the baby's room was not ready, not ready and then I finally was like all right, I'll do it and I built this crib and I built all this furniture and we kind of set everything up and it was ready. And then we had a doctor's appointment like before the baby's room was ready and after and her blood pressure went down significantly <laughs> once the baby's room was ready. The doctor was like, "Hmm, it seems like your blood pressure has gone down quite a bit." <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, we got the baby's room ready." <laughs> like ah okay so do it i guess is what i'm trying to tell you uh, other <laughs> expecting fathers awesome.
1: <laughs> so a couple of follow questions one what game were you playing
0: uh i think at the time uh what was i playing i think i was playing apex legends okay nice awesome yeah
1: and then and then two like yeah there is that thing like nesting like women nest once they like become pregnant they start like you know going in different rooms and like putting tupperware and like the different like conglomerations that like okay this is this needs to go here this needs to go there and then like yeah i love the fact that you're like can you, she's like can you just put the just put it together just, just, uh, yeah just put it together i don't care what your yeah. friends say just go put it together you have to do it <laughs> well
0: and it's a good thing we did because uh we got him into the crib like super early nice which was uh which was good we got him you know he woke us up i was like hey there's no reason we should both be waking up yeah, uh, let's get him in there but no we were, we were very lucky that he was he took to the crib pretty quickly so nice. it was nice
1: so one of the things for i i believe in stand-up comedians and you know when i do have the pleasure of talking to people uh in your field on it's like yeah you guys are funny you know you, the fact that you guys can you know brighten up a room and also a sense of humor i think can get you through certain tough times or just you know, like if you're a new kid i moved around a lot and i was kind of sometimes a class clown but You are like, if people listen to your comedy, they know you're a perceptive person. And obviously the way you you tell a joke or the way you tell a story adds a humor to it. But I think like, especially nowadays, we need to like have, we need to teach. I have two daughters and they're like, uh, they're 15 and 13, but like just the idea of like, you want to make sure that they're understanding it there's that's not just you in the world it's other people you want to be careful and you want to be you know kind to them so and especially for you just picking up the, the things that people do you understand that like you know you're a good you know you're a good person that looks at people and looks at situations so do you think you know before i add any more words in your mouth about values but when you're looking to raise your son and give him values is it just like kind of like look at the whole world try and get the whole picture and then like is that part of what you guys are looking to do
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Um, And that is something that I kind of started before I was even a comedian. It's just that ability to sort of notice things. And it's something that kind of like I've worked in conjunction with throughout my career. And it's thing like I'll point things out to cab drivers when I go to a new town and they're like, I've driven by this so many times. I never noticed that before. Why did you notice it? I'm like, that's kind of my job. (laughs) in a weird way but uh and that yeah that perception and and that broadening of a focus i think is is uh something that i want to make sure that i instill and like you said putting things into a larger picture because i think so much of uh especially now with devices and all that stuff everybody's focus can get very narrowed down and very personalized too there's not a lot of like sharing of Uh, media too, like people have their own screen, their own thing. So you can kind of build your own world and your own focus completely uh, independently of everybody else. And so I think it's really good to have, broaden it and see what's going on around you and how different people are affecting things and how what you do affects other people. I think that's a very important thing too, that is often overlooked. It's just like how your actions affect others too, right? As part from your own, of course, mental health and emotional abilities,
1: no doubt, man. Yeah, great, great answer right there. And I feel like you're gonna ace this one, not to put any pressure on you now, but
0: well what that one something- you gave me the answer before I started talking. So- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flip to page 72 in the back of the book and you'll find the answer. No, um what is something that your son has taught you either about yourself or about life. And especially maybe it's not like, you know, making sure you saved your checkpoint when you have to pause to help out your wife or your son. Besides that, like, yeah.
0: Something else, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the thing that I found so interesting is so profound. And I don't want to sound like uh, hokey or anything, but what was kind of incredible above all, incredible, incredible about having a baby, uh, is that he was, it was just like, of course, as soon as the baby arrives, you're like, this is amazing. Everything's great. And, and you're just so uh, in love with this person, this new being. And then what's incredible about it is that it sort of back justifies all of the decisions you made up to that point. Like you don't have to worry anymore because like, you know, of course, as artists, as people with careers, single people, you're constantly thinking about what have I done in my career, and my life? And, oh, should I have gone that way when I went this way? And I shouldn't have said that thing to that person. As soon as I saw my son, all of that just melted away into this place where I'm like, well, it was all fine because it got me here to him. Yeah. And if I'd made any other decisions differently, he wouldn't be here. I, would have a, I wouldn't have him. And so it means that everything you did prior to him... Being born was the correct choice. Now everything I've done after many more regrets, horrible, <laughs> but before it was all correct. Now,
1: <laughs> love it. Besides, maybe teaching your kids that there are certain food pairings. Like, if people haven't, you know, heard uh, your bit about like, you know, uh, oak, like walnuts or uh, you know raisins and um, and cinnamon rolls, which I totally agree on a hundred percent. I love it. Thank it's you. Just, it got, like the whole like. <laughs> people just youtube and stuff go to his website you know ivandecker.com you can see some of his great material as long as with this new uh special coming out called popcorn but just the idea besides the food pairings and what he should look out for and maybe talking to other parents but what is a piece of advice you'd have for new dads or just you know dads to be or maybe like you said like you're in cabs and you're like you know seeing things that people that live in that town have no idea what's going on sometimes but if even if for like dads of you know Like I said, I'm kind of a veteran dad if you want to speak of it. But like, is there a piece of advice you'd offer to new dads or just dads in general?
0: Oh, I don't know. Because yeah, I haven't been a dad that long. So I don't really know (laughs) much. And I'm sure that there's like, every kid is different. I think that's the other thing is we have a tendency to kind of have, uh, you've built these ideas. I mean, there's a lot of bad information. I think the main thing is that like, don't try to get too much parenting advice from Instagram reels. You're going to get a lot of that like immediately, I don't even know how my phone knew. It was like, it detected my location was the hospital and my entire suggested video page changed to like, here's what you're doing wrong about being a dad. So it was like immediate. And I was like, okay, I can't, but it's just constant these like, are you like, I saw one and this is the crate. I don't know uh, if anybody does believe in this, I apologize, but I couldn't believe it. There was a video that was like, when we give our kids dinner, we give them dessert at the same time because we don't want to establish a hierarchy of foods so they can have dessert with their dinner. And I'm like, well, that's ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one's doing that. Like all, and also like, have you done this with anyone other than your own kid? Like, it's just like such a small sample size. <laughs> and so I think that like for me, uh, yeah, I feel like that was a, uh, an important thing to focus on is just like, don't, don't, Every every piece of information you're going to get, you're going to get tons. Yep. But I think nobody knows your kid more than you. And it's so surprising, too, that, like, I think there's also a tendency at first to think of your kid as, like, a blank, like, a new computer, like, an empty hard drive. That you're going to put all the information into, and everything that they become is because of what you have put into them. Yeah which is not entirely true. Obviously you can guide them, but there's stuff I've already seen in my 17 month old that I'm like, okay, that was me. But also I didn't tell you that. How did you, (laughs) you just start seeing your partner and yourself in your kid complete, just arriving from nowhere, seemingly. Just these tendencies and these, and it's so fascinating and crazy and wonderful. But it's also, it's nothing you did other than like, of course, conceiving them. But it's like, you know, I didn't tell him to really yep. love trains in the garbage truck. He just does it. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. The whole idea, like, you know, before, like, the old adage was, like, keeping up with the Joneses. Now it's keeping up with the Instagrams, right? Like, yeah. seeing, like, you have that perfect picture in front of Disney. But, like, I always say this, like, you know, a couple times on the, on the show where it's like, you don't know what happened before or after that photo. There could be like you know fighting and like my ice cream dropped and I don't want to be here anymore. And <laughs> The mom's tired. She's like, take the kid somewhere. I need to get a call. Like so, you have no idea how that perfect picture. And also too, like going back to that dessert, you know your kid. Let's just say that kid hates cookies, right? Kid hates yeah. cookies. Eat ice cream, sure. If you put like spaghetti with cookies. And all of a sudden the kids like start eating spaghetti of course because maybe he likes spaghetti and not cookies so they're not giving you the whole story so, so yeah
0: <laughs> oh man that's so smart yeah it's true <laughs> love it oh also a, a good about... a good quick piece of advice that i yeah. found also uh, is uh i use i don't really do screens except for when i needed to cut his nails i put on videos of uh there's lots of videos of just a garbage truck that just picks <laughs> up and drops off garbage yeah. on youtube with yeah. no music no talking it's just the garbage truck showing up and then leaving and i was like oh this is the best you just put that on and then he, i can cut his nails no problem
1: great that's another one right there because yeah they you wonder like how like tiny hands can turn into freddie krueger all of a oh, sudden yeah and you're like what is that is that like the like the you know like the trunk uh not the trunk but the the tusks of an elephant, like yeah. how, how are they getting so uh, like hard? What's going on with that? Yeah, so like my nails compared to like a baby's nails, were, like mine would fall off. I'm like, I gotta eat more Jello or something. But like, yeah, <laughs> the whole idea of that is so spot on. So that, that that like giving them something to watch at that point, so you like will, will keep them at ease, but also more importantly, keep you at ease while you're trimming those things that are like millimeters like side It's like shooting. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm a Star Wars fan. It's so, like shooting the you know the the exhaust port in a death star you got to make sure you're on point (laughs) yeah
0: nothing's impossible (laughs) used to bullseye womp rats my man you know how to speak to me i love it my t-16 back home
1: (laughs) well done sir and speaking of well done man congrats on your uh, latest special popcorn what is your like especially you know for you and i You know, you became a dad. I was joking earlier, like I saw an interview, like, oh, once you have a kid, that's all you talk about. You just want to make sure. And if someone doesn't have a kid, you're like, I don't know what we're going to talk about because I don't know. We have nothing in common anymore. And that that is that is true, man. (laughs) I love it. But talk a little bit about like with this special, like what is your creative process like? And is it hard to kind of balance? you know, cause there's so much gold, like being a dad and just, you know, like you said right now, like a lot of things you were sharing about like lowering the blood pressure with your wife and all that. And a lot of dads and a lot of moms can relate to that or just couples can relate to that. But is it tough to like, when you're doing a show, like did you ever like while you're writing out material and testing things out, like, man, this is like, so father centric or family centric. You're like, I want to go kind of like, how do you do that? How do you balance that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think comedy has always been about connecting and, and having something that people can connect with and so when i started doing material about parenting and kids i was i was you know a little bit tentative because i remember being a a young man a young comedian i started doing stand-up when i was 19 years old and so it's sort of been with me through my entire adolescent and into adulthood and so i totally remember comedians talking about their kids and their families and me as a young 20 year old being like i don't want to hear about this (laughs) but then i'm sort of coming to the realization as well that it's like yeah that's fine because i have i i try to put other stuff in my act for this but also you know if you want to connect with people on a more specific level a deeper level it's better to have something that you are very have in common with them and a lot of people that come to comedy clubs are older couples like it depends on where i'm touring to like Bigger cities, you get college towns, you have younger people coming to the shows and I'll try to shift and pull back on as much of the parenting material. But if I go to the Midwest or somewhere where I look out in the audience and it's all couples, and that used to terrify me. As a young comic, it's this very different thing now where like if I saw all couples in their 40s, I'd be like, they're not going to want to hear about my Tinder escapades and the fact that I bought an avocado and it went bad before I could get, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would just be so scared. Now it's, like, this whole spin where I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, people, and, like, so my, my latest special is kind of that shift into this, like, adult world where I talk about getting married, having a kid, but still maintaining my weird obsession with things like popcorn and walnuts, and and so it's uh, it's been an interesting thing artistically creatively and and just yeah having that understanding that like i might lose some people that are in their 20s and 20 year old me would probably be upset but that's kind of what it means to get older yeah you you don't want to chase what 20 year old you wanted you to be yep i tried that it was bad yeah (laughs) But, there was no, a, there was a pandemic. I played world of Warcraft for a year. It was not good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so kind of with that, like I saw this post on Instagram and it was really endearing just to saying like, Hey, I'm taking some time off right now. Just, you know, spend time with the family. And it, it was just, it was, like I felt that right. Like, you know, I work from home. I run my own business. I get that not on the road. Like you are, my wife will travel sometimes here and there, but after the pandemic, it's like she works from home too. So we can balance that. So I'm speaking on the other side, but for you, is and especially in, in the in the comedy game man, with everybody like having you know specials or youtube or just the access to always create material now right and i guess it's, it's a good thing but it's always everything is like a double-edged sword right because mm-hmm. like people you know you see like always producing content is it hard for you especially with that mentality when you're starting at 19 which is i think is amazing but like starting at 19 always have that like hustle like i gotta like i gotta get my name out i gotta work on material I gotta see like gotta hone my craft was it tough for you just being a creative process and again perceiving things while you're probably taking time off with your family how hard is it to balance and i even hate the word balance because you know i think the scales might tip works you know uh, heavy workload and not maybe like your like the time with your family is kind of sparse at that time but then like you do take that time right and you have that how do you kind of balance just your own your own like mental state of like balancing work and family but also making sure that you're kind of working on like stuff on the side, maybe while you spend the time with family, if that is a thing.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. It is, uh, a t- it's, it's a, it's a shift. It's a change, right? Cause of course when you're younger and, and when I started, I was like 100% like I'll do any gig. I'll go anywhere. If I got a free night, I'm going, I'll drive three hours on a frozen freeway to make 85 bucks because it's, that's what's important. But after I started having a family and I realized, first of all, I did, I did do that stuff. So I have it in my past. It's, and there's certain, I think that it's important if you're starting out as a comedian or any kind of artist to have all of those experiences, do the bad gigs, do the bad shows, have it. So you know what it feels like and it helps shape your character, but then throughout your life, as you start to mature, You don't need that as much anymore. You're not going to learn as much from each time. You know, it's like with, I think with sports, when people lose at first, when you've never lost, you need to lose so you can feel what it's like to lose. But then, of course, when you get to like a professional level, losses are just losses. And then you're like, all right, we don't need to overanalyze this. We didn't win. (laughs) Let's go win tomorrow. You're not. It's like, you know, there's diminishing returns on learning from a loss, but with stand-up, I think that was really important to reach this point where I think it's actually helped me because now I I think more critically about the gigs that I'm taking, the stuff I'm doing. I can say no to anything. I Stuff I would use to kind of hum and ha, like, ah oh, this gig's not very much money, but... Maybe it'll help my career. What now I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I'm gonna stay home and uh, you know, like it's fun to have a kid because it's like you I there's somebody in my house who doesn't know what a tiger is and I get to tell them. Like that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna do that stuff. Like that's way more fun to me than going, you know, and yeah, you take uh it's funny because I yeah, I didn't end up making less money because I would just say no to the gigs that were and then higher gigs started coming in that's just like how it is yeah. as soon as you say no to stuff you open yourself up to better opportunities and so i didn't even realize that that's what i was doing yeah. and it's it's become a, a more of a blessing too
1: no doubt great answer and yeah it's a great perspective like i i went to uh school for like broadcasting and i took i went the radio route instead of the tv route And my like yeah, maybe it wasn't the best but like glad what I'm doing now, you know, just kind of put this into I parlay this into like a podcasting and like, you know, entertainment career through this medium, but like just the idea of the power of saying, no, we didn't have to do everything. It's not like you're working like 48 hours straight and you're like, oh, do I still have to be at this radio station. I'm so freaking tired, but I like, nope. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got to do it. Right. So just yeah. like having the power of saying no and being like, I don't have to sweat out the next rent check because I know I got money in the bank. So I love that. So again, I think I have such, uh, you know, respect for comedians because you're going up there, like you said, like you were kind of intimidated back in the day when you would see like 40-year-old couples being like, oh, crap, right? Because people are coming there, they might have a cover, then they have like a two-drink minimum, right? They're paying and like, all right, clown, be funny. I, you know, I, I paid the admission. So there's a lot of pressure. And I, again, I know I'm not equating it to like law enforcement or doctors, but like just the idea of people going there and be like, this dude must make me laugh. Let's go. Let's go. And like, when you're in the zone, man, it must feel like cloud nine. Like, you know, Steph Curry, just like having like a, a, just a great night shooting threes. Right. For you, what's the best part of being on stage?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that is, you're totally right. There are these moments and they're fleeting and they're rare. And, and uh, you know, of course, like anything, it's a lot of hard work and occasionally you get audiences that aren't you're trying so hard to like match their energy and get on their wavelength. And sometimes it takes the whole set and you're there and it's funny and everybody's having a good time. You just, you feel like you're working and you're lifting and you're adjusting the speed that you're talking and how loud your punchlines are. And you wait for them to catch up or you try to catch up to them. And there's this whole like chase happening where you're trying to, but then once in a while you have a set where everything just clicks right away and everything falls away and it just, it's, it's weird and crazy but it's like it feels effortless yeah everything you've done in the past just like you know there's that those weird things where it's like uh where it's i think athletes have it too where it's like it's not about you know you're not actually thinking about your hand like hitting the basketball or swinging the bat you're just like in this broader mode where you're almost watching yourself do it And it's it's and you're like everything I've done is is happening and it's here and it's crazy but and so it's like I talked about that on a interview recently about doing late night when I did Conan, it's on like it felt like a like a bobsled where like you know the set so well and you're just focused on like there's of course there's so much insane stuff happening and it's the crazy it's like the biggest opportunity of my life and all I'm doing is just like this is the first turn the first joke I'm gonna do this and then I turn to the next one. And then there's this one, and then that one, and then and then it's over. And you're like, that was incredible. And it feels like it goes by like that, even though it was five minutes. Yeah. it's the That's the thing that's so incredible about comedy is how different five minutes can feel in terms of a <laughs> length of time. Because <laughs> yep. if yeah. you're bombing, five minutes feels like an eternity. It feels like your entire life. You're like, where is the light? <laughs> Like I've done. Someone shows. toss me
1: a life raft,
0: please. Like, yeah. On. I've done shows that seem to defy physics. Like I'll do, <laughs> I'll do what I know. What I've done in a club is like twenty minutes of material. Like if I'm at like a corporate gig or something where like they, it's a very tough situation to get them in. And then I look and I'm like, okay, it's been three minutes. I don't oh. even know how that's possible. I'm pretty yeah. sure I just did twenty minutes of material. <laughs> And then you got to reach back and have more. And that's why, you know, it's important to have a lot of jokes as a comedian, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And so I think, um, sorry to go back to what you said is like, yeah, the, the, those moments when the opposite of what I'm talking about, when everything kind of comes together, it's, there's no feeling like it. It's really incredible. You're hooked. That's it. It just, it comes at you and you're like, okay, I'm chasing that for the rest of my career. Love
1: it. Yeah. For parents maybe to relate. It's like, If you had a tough day and you're just like, okay, seven o'clock, you know, especially maybe not for a baby because maybe a baby can go down early or late. And they're just sitting on you. So you can watch TV, but like a toddler, once you get into this, it's going to be like, it's not seven o'clock yet. Oh my God. Okay. Let's just read a book. And then you're like six Oh five. What, what's going on? We read this book three times. We stopped at the pictures. what we got 55 more minutes. Good Lord. I I just uh, want to watch the TV and veg out. So love it. So yeah you mentioned you mentioned like you know if you're kind of bombing on stage right but then you also meant you know mentioned conan right and that i mean just like i'm a big fan of conan but i know when i talk to comedians they're like yeah you know i got on this stage or like you know when i've talked to people if they like back when like johnny carson like oh like he said to come come by you know come to sit down like that was like it right but you feel like you know the the scrapes and the bruises of bombing led you to conan led you to have different specials and all that so like it sucks when you're going through that. You're looking like, whew, I got a little bit more time. But like that blood, sweat, and tears is worth it for all the success, right? Like you, you, oh, when absolutely. did you kind of know like, all right, I'm going to have to maybe go through some material that I thought would work that's not working, but it'll help me in the long run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it happens consistently. That's okay. the other thing. It's like every time. So now, now that I've released this special, I'm back in that mode of doing new material. And mm-hmm. it's so hard. That's one of the things that's creatively, it's so rewarding. Like when you do a new joke that works, that feels incredible. Like as good as your old stuff, like murdering it. Cause you're like, this is new. It's brand new. I can, I can still do it. It's like this weird thing where you're like, I've still got it. Cause a lot of the time you're doing old stuff. It's stuff you've written before, but you still have this part of you. That's like, I don't know. Can I write anything this good ever again? Of course, every artist I think goes through that. And uh, so when as soon as I finish doing something like this special is then you have to go back, you have to have the courage to take these jokes that work and leave them aside and have new thoughts and new perspectives and stuff you've just come up with that afternoon or even stuff you think of on the spot and try it out and see how it works. And it might not. And it's also it's more difficult later on in your career when you know you're like, I got two hours of great stuff that I'm not doing right now
1: I got I'm this not, Ferrari in the garage yeah yeah that I can drive anywhere and impress everybody but yeah I, I gotta do something else I gotta try out this Chevy yeah. nova like I just got I, I, gotta I would
0: it. learn to ride this unicycle <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a weird process but it's it's part of the fun you know you have to love the the process and that's always what i loved about it this the science of comedy is so fascinating to me what actually when you really boil it down what makes people laugh what happens and, and even it's different for between kids and adults and i love that my son is he's almost two now so he's starting to kind of understand bits yeah And comedy i'm starting to start to see the the pieces get put together of like oh if i do this and pretend to go over here this is this gets a laugh and then he'll like come up with the bid and you sort of see that sparkle when he's like oh i'm gonna get and it's just it's (laughs) absolute magic
1: love it man one more question before i finish off the father quick five and maybe this isn't like you see this as an issue or whatever but i feel like especially you know maybe like here in the states right like 2016 on like there's just been like this weird dynamic of comedians where someone might go all in just being like i can you know I can adhere to this like this group of people because I'll just say these jokes even if I not believe them. I'm just going to go through that, right? And then you have people online or people talking about you know certain comedians like wow like they're not even trying they're just like punching down or they're like going for low low hanging fruit. Is it tough just for you and other comedians maybe to talk about like man like these other comedians are giving us a bad name. And again, your material is a lot different than I'm talking maybe the people who are making controversies but like Is this sometimes like this? Is why we can't have nice things just because like there are certain like controversies in the in the stand up game.
0: Oh yeah, and I think that that's been going on for a long time. There's always been people, and I mean, there's a bit of a mix too. Like I don't want to become like a bitter old man either, who's like, you know, oh this technology is no good. (laughs) Like you know, you gotta have to you have to embrace whatever the new thing is. I mean, when the when the television came out, there were radio comedians that were like. Ah he's only getting things cuz he's got a jawline. I'm a voice man. Like of course <laughs> there's always been new stuff that breeds a new attraction and and so uh finding your audience has always been the main goal and I've been so lucky to find people who like what I do and and I just want to continue to offer them that and I don't I don't tr- and it's uh, yeah there's you can sort of court that outrage and you can You know, I guess people are drawn to comedy for different reasons. And, you know, I want to try to offer them. I've always wanted to be a thing that brings people together as opposed to anything that divides people. But I'm also not trying to, like, change anybody's mind or, (laughs) you know, maybe except when it comes to raisins. But, (laughs) you know, there's no big (laughs) thing happening here. I'm just offering people. I've always wanted to just offer people an opportunity to laugh at something that is silly and fun and funny and it doesn't have to be a big thing or change the world it's just yeah. a, a little island a little escape from yep. what's life is difficult a lot yeah. of the time right people have very hard jobs and i feel very lucky that i don't i'm from a blue collar family and so it's after a hard day and a hard time it's so nice to just relax and laugh and joke around about silly stuff just to take your mind off everything for 45 minutes or an hour.
1: Love it. I'm sorry. So just, I love your answers. I just, just curiosity, two questions spark. One's like kind of funny, but the other one is just like, you know, you mentioned, you know, blue collar family growing up, your wife and and, and your family, like, did, did, did they know, like, did they see, like, did your parents ever say like, yeah, we knew you were gonna go down this path. Like, did they did they kind of see the comedy the comedy kind of going? Like, were you the one? Like, I don't know if like the siblings, like if you had siblings or not, but like, were you the one that was kind of like the comic relief? And if so, what do they just think of your career? It must be kind of cool to hear their hear hear what they think.
0: Yeah, I mean it is it is really neat. They've they've always been very supportive, which I like. I don't nice. know where uh I, I mean we were all funny. Everybody yeah. was always joking around. But I uh I think it comes from like i'm a middle child and so i think i was the one that wanted attention the most so i i went out to find it professionally
1: yeah
0: (laughs) whereas i think my brothers they are like fine with you know whatever happened but also i think the other thing about being a middle kid is uh we're we're a conflict resolver you know there was sometimes difficulty in my home. And so I think as the middle kid, it's often your responsibility to come in and be like, Hey, what's everybody fighting about? (laughs) You guys ever notice microwaves? (laughs) What's up with those?
1: (laughs) You have like a microphone. Like why do you have a microphone? Just go with it. I love it. And so, and then lastly, you know, just kind of we're, you know, joking about like raisins and uh, walnuts and stuff. While while you were talking about the raisin, man, I always thought like the oatmeal raisin cookie to me is the worst. Now Pete, you might like it. My wife loves it. I remember, she's like oh, I'm making cookies. I'm like I'm thinking like, oh, these chocolate chips, like oatmeal raisin, I'm like oh, miss me with that. Like I'm sorry, yeah. I do love oatmeal. I put like granola and stuff in my yogurts for lunches. I love that. But like, there's a time and a place for granola. Cookies ain't one of them. Like, what's your take on on that?
0: Well, I think the oatmeal raisin cookie is fascinating because it's the only cookie that masquerades as a better cookie. Like it from far away, it's like those animals that like try to look like a poisonous animal so they don't get (laughs) eaten. It's like that. This is like, you you see it on a plate from across the room. You're like, oh yeah, chocolate chip. And then you get over there and you're like, well, this is horrible. (laughs) It'd be like if you put like a carrot in a hot dog bun and you're like, hey, do you want a hot dog? And you're like, wait a minute.
1: Well said. Love that. See, like, just like that quick way. I love it. Thank you very much for indulging me with those. And I'll, obviously, I really appreciate your take on fatherhood and talking about your new, uh, you know, special popcorn. Uh, we're going to finish off the Father Quick Five. Again, I know, like you said, he's almost two. So it must be tough. Maybe you watch a show together. It doesn't have to be a movie. Or is there a movie, like, favorite family movie? Maybe you watch your show right now. Or is there one that you can't wait to show and share with him?
0: Well, I'm uh, uh, I'm a Star Wars fan as well. So I'm like, it's this weird thing too, where I'm like, uh, "What what is the right time in his life to introduce Star Wars that so he'll like it and not yeah. be like it's a weird thing that Dad likes that he tried to get me to like." <laughs> so there's also those things, right? As a father, you have these interests that you want to share with your with your children, but you also are scared to like, "What if they reject them?" Because like I know my uh, my parents really love jazz. But like as kids, we were bombarded with jazz. And so I think both of my brothers were just like, I don't want to listen to jazz. I kind of came around as I got older, but I feel like I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I don't like, I'm not too heavy on (laughs) Star Wars Yeah. before I, you know, so I want to make sure that uh, he sees that. I feel like that's probably it. And then, uh, yeah, no, I think that's it. Right now we don't really watch, much except for like i said the garbage truck videos where the train go by the we have a a train that goes by the window and then he'll do like the more oh nice he'll be like more train and then i'll be like i don't even know who to call about that (laughs) i'm glad you like it i i we gotta wait i think yeah (laughs)
1: wait uh 5 15 don't
0: worry yeah it's coming. yeah i should i'm getting a schedule i'm sure that's what i'll be eventually you can
1: do like you can be like perform magic like i'm gonna summon a train in the next yes. 30 minutes all right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm working on it okay it's coming
1: <laughs> um you know just the the age appropriate for like star wars like i remember my youngest so like they're just two years apart i think mm-hmm. she was maybe in kindergarten i'm like i don't know like so they watched the new hope and they loved it and awesome. i remember kind of like shielding their eyes in the cantina because there's like a, like a little bloody thing i'm like i don't know, like can yeah. they handle it and they were fine maybe they were even young i don't know but then like empire strikes back i'm like when the wampa was attacking luke i'm like and my youngest pushes down my hand and looks i mean like nods her head i'm like okay i guess we're good <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so <it's just> like, <laughs> all right you mentioned jazz music maybe you're, you know your parents were kind of pushing that is there a, is there a genre of music you're going to push on your son
0: <laughs> jazz for sure <laughs> The cycle must not be broken. (laughs) No, I think, uh, you know, I've I've always been open. I like all different types of music. My wife's a big country music fan. um, And I'm, you know, everything I've always loved. I'm a very, like... It's funny, because some people, they can't... They don't like having music on all the time. Whereas I'm like, music, always. I love it. Anything, I don't care. Like, when I do comedy clubs, they're like, what do you want for your walk-up song? I'm like, I don't know, something. (laughs) But I there are some things but I do I think the big thing I want to sh- make sure and expose him to is live live music, oh, live nice. entertainment because you know it's it's really something different and it's a lot like live comedy because a lot of people who watch specials and you know if you watch my special and you like it I encourage you as an audience like come and see me live because it's it's an it's an extra step up the feeling of being in the room and sharing with that laughter and I think the same thing with music when you feel it with others in a space it when it's all around you instead of just in your your earphones is it's it's a very different experience so no matter what kind of music he likes i do want to make sure and let him see it in the flesh live and experience it with other people and have that happen
1: well said yeah like my wife and i went to there's a like the um i'm blinking on the improv there's an improv uh like uh location near us and we went on a date night and it's just like it, yeah you take it in differently because like you're joking around with everybody and then like you get to see comedians maybe you wouldn't have seen before because they're opening for the the headliner so to speak and like this person's really good or like holy crap mm-hmm. and i start following them on social media so that's pretty sweet uh you know there's going to be a time when they're you know you guys go on a vacation but like describe the perfect family vacation what would it be like for you
0: Oh, I think I would love to go like we, you know, we took my kid to San Diego Zoo and sort of in and around San Diego when when he was uh, quite a bit younger, like he was sort of didn't really understand what was going on. Like, I remember we were eating lunch and they have a cafeteria like very close to the where the giraffes are. And there's like a giraffe like going by and then he saw like a truck in the (laughs) parking lot. He was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) look at that truck. And I was like, there's a giraffe over there. He's like, I don't care. So I'd like to go somewhere, like when he's a little older, take him to places where he can sort of see. And I mean, the zoo, obviously there's some ethical things about zoos that yeah. people disagree yep. with, but I think <clears throat> for kids to get to see that kind of thing right there and and see it in real life is is so cool to me. And yeah, I'd also love to take him to like, I love just like, great vistas, great scenery. So like the Oregon coast, there's that whole, we drove through there when I was a kid and I remember just being blown away by the mountains and the, it's just so neat to get to see. And that's what I feel so lucky about as a comedian is like, I never got to travel that much as a kid. And so to get to go to such different worlds, like when you go to Joshua Tree and then when you go to the Pacific Northwest, it's like, they're so different every plant every rock like the only thing the same even the sky feels different even though i know it isn't but it's like that kind of thing is so cool to get to take kids to experience a whole other world around them and then also like you know no like the flight if the flight was good that'd be great
1: (laughs) yeah no yeah spot on right now you mentioned joshua tree my family and i went there this uh past summer and we just loved it but yeah i I, I know like they they scared the crap out of us and i'm glad they kind of did they're like no cell phone service. Bring a bunch of water for each of you, and like you know, have like you can only go from like eleven to, what was it like four p.m. because that's like when like you should only go blah blah. Or no, no, I'm sorry, you shouldn't go from eleven or noon to like four because that's like when it's the hottest. So like we like we're hiking in the like the desert like at like nine in the morning. But I was like, all right, cool. So it was like the first time we're like, are we gonna make it? Are we gonna make it? Like yeah. And then the second and the third time we were fine. But it was just like, what's happening? I mean, he, I live in North Carolina, and like we hike it's like yeah there's trees everywhere there's like you know there's shade now like you're in the desert you're just like this is <laughs> kind of cool <laughs> so yeah. yeah the sky is different depending on where you are even though it's the same thing totally understand that um is there a comedian or maybe not a comedian, maybe a writer or someone you'd love to t- like team up with whether to do a movie a project anything along those lines you i bet there's a bunch but is there one off the top of your head you like to share
0: yeah i mean i love um i feel like i'm in the same like I'd love to talk to Jim Gaffigan. I think he's incredible nice. and yeah. he's got a lot of great perspectives on fatherhood. And I, I've loved listening to him. Also, Chad Daniels is another great like father comedian who's had his, he's incredible. Cause he's had like albums come out all the different ages of his kids and he's got material about each one. And so it's, it's very cool. Also uh, intimidating too, as like a comedian who's talking about his kids for those, two guys to have already kind of gone through it. You're like, I got to make sure it's different than what they're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, they're both just so incredible and anything I would get to do work with them, even just to do a show together would be awesome.
1: Nice. Great answer. And then lastly, top three words you hope your son would use to describe as a dad. What would you want them to be?
0: Ooh, uh, I would want him to think that I am, uh, trustworthy. Nice. Um, and dependable. I guess that's kind of the same thing, but I just want to make sure that he knows he can come to me for anything. You know, that's always the thing you want to make sure as a yep. parent is that if there's issues, if there's problems that they know that, that you'll be there.
1: Uh, I think, honestly, I think, especially from a parenting, like with, with teenagers, like trustworthy and dependable are two different things. They're similar, but they're different. And especially mm-hmm. I think with, I'm sorry, I'm cutting off your third, we you'd love to definitely get back to it. But just, you know, maybe some advice to you. It's like, you want them, like they can go anywhere, especially now with phones, like they can search anything. Like you want them to come to you. And I, I was actually having a conversation while my daughter, like I'm teaching my oldest how to drive. We were driving somewhere while she was driving and she was talking about something like, hey, I appreciate your honesty. And like, I hope you know, like I'm honest with you. Like, I'm not like hundred mm-hmm. percent like honest because there's certain things my wife and I, like this is just us, but like just the idea of being trustworthy in the sense that, you know, he'll be able to come to you, but then also he's going to come to you because he knows you're trustworthy because you're dependable. So I think they're like, they go hand in hand, but they're not the same, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. No, I, yeah. When you put it that way, that's, you're totally right. Cause yeah, you, you want that. Yeah. Exactly. Honesty, but also they want me to know that like I'll be there if they need me to. And I think, uh, I would also want him to describe me as, uh, and this might sound weird, but like a like human, like I'm a person. Yeah. I'm fallible. I have flaws because I know it's hard to even impart that, right? Because to a baby, like to a kid, and I remember that too. With growing up, is you look at your dad and your parents as just these, like, well, they they're the best at everything. As like you don't have anybody else to compare them to, nope. and so I really want them to know that, like, I make mistakes, uh, just like he will and that's fine it's okay you can you can make those screw-ups you can bomb for 25 minutes (laughs) and it feels like three (laughs) and it's all right because you get to do a special someday (laughs) (laughs) nice
1: no i i i i love that human that that like you want to see him as human because again yeah we're not perfect and if they understand that parents like their parents aren't perfect they understand like all right it's okay if i mess up not like keep on messing up over and over like you're doing the same yeah. thing it's just the <laughs> idea of like it's okay to make mistakes because my dad said that he does the same thing so those Indeed. are great three words right there people make sure you follow ivan on instagram at ivan w decker for more on him and just like where he's gonna be support this guy check out his specials but also if he's coming to your neck of the woods check him out this guy is hilarious you can check out his website over at ivan Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate your insight on fatherhood. I love your your just, your just material and how you look at the world, man. But again, I wish you and your family continued success.
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for chatting with me. It was great to get your insight too on what I'm in for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artofatherhood.net and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because that'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artofatherhood.net.